Good day to you all, and welcome to the Southview Soundbite, the podcast ministry of Southview Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. I am your host, Stephen Seifert. Stay tuned, and we'll bring you a word of encouragement from the Word of God. Let's take our Bibles today and go to Genesis chapter number 8. Genesis chapter number 8, and let's look at verse number 4. And the ark rested on the seventh month in the seventeenth day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. Have you ever wondered what the name Ararat means in your Bible? It actually has a very, very special meaning. And it's a meaning that is crucial to a believer's understanding of the character of God. It is crucial to understand the character of God. What do I mean when I say that? Well, let me put it this way. If you were to take your Bible and go back to Genesis chapter 6, you understand something about God's nature. The first thing you understand about God's nature is this. God is a holy God that is aware of the condition of man's existence. Genesis chapter 6, verse number 5 through 7 says this, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for repenteth me that I have made them. So, the first thing we understand about the character of God is this. God is a holy God that will not abide sin. All sin must be punished. All sin must be dealt with. The Bible describes in Genesis chapter number 6 that the condition of man's existence was one of evil continually. And it was so vile and so evil that God chose to just essentially restart and destroy the earth by water again and recreate it anew. And I use that word recreate loosely. Uh, we're not talking about ruin creation theory where, um, you know, where uh, God literally destroyed the earth, but he did destroy everything on the earth, everything upon in which was the breath of life, as the Bible says. So we understand the condition of man's existence, and we understand God's character is he is a holy God that cannot abide sin. Now, we also understand that the second thing from about God's character is this. God's character is he is a God who always has a remnant and always values the life of his remnant. In Genesis chapter 6, verse number 8, the Bible says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then verse number 13 says, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. So something about God's character we understand is, number one, he's a holy God that he can't abide sin. Number two, he is a God that values the life of his saints. He values the lights, the lives of his servants. And he is so loving and so careful to protect his saints that he will go above and beyond to make sure that his saints are protected. That's how much he loves his people. Now, you and I both know that there are times when God God requires his children to go through persecution. We understand that uh, sometimes God calls us to be a Stephen who uh, ends up 
martyring him, uh, who ends up being martyred for the sake of the gospel. We understand that. But we also understand that the precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints, and he values life. He values especially the life of his servants, those that have done no evil and do not deserve the judgment of God like the wicked does. So we understand that God's a holy God that can't abide sin, but he's a God that values the uh, death or value the life of his saints, which is something I tr- I want uh, in a God because that proves that he cares about me. And number three, he's willing to make sure that man has a way of escape. Genesis chapter number six, after he addresses Noah, after he addresses Noah, he in he creates a way for Noah to escape this flood of water upon the earth. In Genesis 6, verse number 14 through 16, the Bible says this. Like I've already read in verse number 14, uh, Make thee an ark of gopher wood, rooms shalt thou make with the ark, and thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in, the cub- and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou made it. Okay? So God is very specific about what he uses to be his deliverance. God didn't go to Noah and say, just build an ark to your own specs and uh, you'll be fine. No, God is very specific about how this ark is to be built. He tells Noah exactly what wood needs to be used. He makes it clear that there needs to be individual cabins, individual rooms in there. He makes it clear that you can't just have a wooden box. You have to have it uh, pitched with uh, slime, as the Bible would call it pitch on the ark, and it has to be a certain length, and it has to be a certain height, and then God goes so far as to say, you need to have one door and three levels. One door and three levels. Now, when you look at these two very important aspects of the ark, you look at the one door, in chapter number 7 and verse number 16, the Bible says this, And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. The Lord shut him in. This door to salvation, this door to deliverance, could only be shut by God. It could only be shut by God. Noah couldn't shut it. It had to be shut by the Lord. And by the way, Answers in Genesis and a lot of other organizations like the Institute for Creation Research, uh, they do a lot of work in studying the arcs, the dimension of the ark, and things like that. You realize that even with all of the animals that Noah had to take on the ark, there would have still been room for other people. There was a lot of wasted space on the ark. And I say wasted space only because uh, that space could have been used to house more individuals. The Bible tells us in the books of Peter that Noah was a preacher of righteousness, meaning that he preached to try to win others to this deliverance, to bring others to that saving experience, that salvation experience. That's how much God cares even for the wicked. He cares for them and he wants them to be saved, but it's up to them to make that decision. 
Again, what we have here is an incredible example of God's character. He is a holy God that cannot abide sin, but he always cares for the life of his saints. He also creates a way of deliverance that is specifically created in his image, in his designed ways. And he also cares even for the life of the lost because he wants them he wants to give them every opportunity they can to find that deliverance. And then, after all of this, this huge uh, destruction of the flood that comes on the earth, we have Genesis chapter 8. Let's look at verse number 4. The Bible says, and we're rereading what we've already read, but the Bible says, And the ark rested on, in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, upon the mountains of Ararat. You know what the name Ararat means, dear folks? Ararat means the curse reversed. The curse reversed, meaning the curse of sin has been purged, and there are those that have been delivered from the curse. Now, let's be honest here, and let's recognize in the overall picture, the curse still remained after the flood. Sin still runs rampant on our earth today. That's not an issue. But the overall picture of the ark is a type of salvation that shows us God's character. It shows us that God cares for people. God cares for individuals. And God wants people to be saved. God doesn't allow sin into heaven, so he creates a way of deliverance. We as individuals like to try to make that door, of, the, that door of deliverance to look like what we want it to look like. This whole, I'm going to do whatever I want, and as long as I uh, do, you know, go to church on a regular basis, as long as I'm a good person, as long as my good things outweigh my bad things, I'm going to go to heaven. Because God's too good to let to let me go to hell. No, God's too good to let sin into heaven. God is holy. That's his character. He can't let sin into heaven. And God cares for his people too much to allow sin into heaven. All sin must be judged. Even the sin of the saint must be judged. But the sin of the saint was dealt with on Calvary's cross when Jesus died on the cross. God has a specific avenue to salvation. It's through the ark. It's through the door of salvation that's created in Jesus Christ. Can't hop in through a window. You can't bust your way in and get into heaven. No, it's through one door, and that door is opened and shut by God. The fact that this ark has three floors is indicative of how many, uh, how many days Jesus spent in the heart of the earth after his death. And then, at the end of it all, when things looked so bleak, there was always a Mount Ararat. A Mount Ararat where the curse is reversed. You realize today that if you've been saved, the curse has been reversed? Now, we still sin. I don't mean to imply we're perfect. But what I mean is, because we are saved, the curse has been lifted from our lives. The curse of sin was put on Jesus' back on Calvary. And when Jesus sees us, he doesn't see us as sinners anymore. He sees us as 
children clean because all of our sin is put on Jesus' back. He looks at us and sees his perfect son because all of our sin has been put on Jesus. Now, let's just say you're saved and you're like, brother, I get it. I love the picture of the ark as salvation. I get how it shows the character of God. I know that God is holy. I know that God cannot let sin into heaven. I know that he created only one door to salvation, and that's through Jesus Christ. I understand all that. I understand that the curse is reversed. I understand all that because I'm saved. What does this do for me? What does this have to do with me? Because I'm saved. I've got my ticket. My ticket to heaven's already been punched. I'm as good as already there. So what, what good is it to go ahead and talk about this now and to continue talking about it? It's really good because even as a saved person, guess what? There's another picture we can look at this at this story of Noah. We, there's another application here. I'm sure that Noah pictured this whole ordeal as a great tragedy. He preached for years, trying to win others into the ark, and none of them would come. And here he sits with his family and with uh, all the animals on the ark, and he has to look at all of these extra rooms that are not filled, even though people could have come and inhabited those rooms. It's got to be really discouraging to work that hard for so many years, to preach so hard for so many years, and then to look at all that empty space and say, it was, I saved my family, but nobody else is on here. It would have been really discouraging. I'm sure there are some believers out there that understand the picture of the ark as a way of salvation. They understand the character of God. But they're going through a trial right now, and they have to wonder, Lord, what's the use? Lord, why am I going through this? Lord, there's no reason for me to going through, be going through this. I need comfort. Well, here's where you can get comfort. You can get comfort by knowing that no matter what trial comes your way, God has a plan. You do realize that all of this was planned out by God. God didn't just tell Noah, hey, build a boat. Any old boat will do. No, God knew exactly what type of boat he wanted built. He had every step planned out. There's got to be a lot of comfort in knowing that as long as we do what the Creator has told us to do, then we're going to be okay. Because God's not taken by surprise. Noah looked at those rooms and would have been like, such a waste. And then he would have reminded himself, but God wasn't taken by surprise. God knew that there would be people that would say no. He knew that me and my family would be the only ones. And that was exactly in his plan. He would have liked it for other people to come. He would have liked it for this to turn out differently. But it didn't turn out differently. And he, Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, still receives glory. He still receives glory. If you learn to trust his heart, if you learn to trust his plan, then guess what? Your life will be a whole lot better off. Because you're not asking God why. You're asking God, what can I do? You're focusing on him. Be encouraged today, believer, 
that no matter what trial comes your way, God has planned this out specifically. He knows how it's going to end. And he knows that that deliverance is going to come. One of these days, the rain's going to stop. One of these days, a great wind is going to blow and dry up the water off of the earth of your life, the trials. And you're going to get to come off that boat on the other side, better off. You'll be thanking the Lord for the trials. Because through the trials, you learned to trust his plan. You learned to trust his heart. You learned to trust his designs. But if you're lost here today, I want you to leave with the understanding of God's character. God is a God that is holy. He is a God that cannot abide sin. He is a God that honors the life lived by his saints. But he also created a way of deliverance that you could enter in. You can enter in that one door of the ark in order to be saved. But you've got to enter that one door. That one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father by, by me. If you want to get to heaven, that's the only way to do it. So take encouragement today. If you are either saved or if you are lost. If you are lost, know that there is only one way to heaven and Jesus is that way. If you're saved today, take courage because that means that God's plan cannot be overthrown. No matter what arc, no matter what trial, no matter what flood comes your way, you're all, as long as you're in his plan, you will come out on the other side. He cares about you. And because he cares about you, he creates plans throughout each trial of your life in order to come through smelling like roses on the other side. Think on these things today, and I'll see you next week. The Southview Soundbite is the podcast ministry of Southview Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. Our address is 625 Wallace Springs Road, Statesville, North Carolina. And our phone number is 704-872-9554. You can visit us on the web at southviewbaptistchurch.org. Our Sunday service times are 9.30 Sunday School, 10.30 Worship, and 6.30 Evening Service. Our Wednesday night prayer service and youth class begins at 7 o'clock. We hope to see you there.